The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I will be flying solo as your host today. Today's episode is number 127, and today we have a very interesting interview. His name is Lee Burns, and he became addicted to alcohol and drugs and also was a stripper to support those habits. And now he is a very successful entrepreneur, public speaker. He's an actor. And without further ado, let's talk to Lee Burns. Lee, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and being willing to tell your story to us. Uh, my pleasure. I, I think what you guys are doing is very important. Oh, thank you. Well, the way I typically start um, these interviews off is to ask you, how did you get started with drugs? Um, so it, of course just started with alcohol <laughs> okay. uh, in high school and uh, with friends and finding ways to get it. Obviously in high school, it's, you're, you're not legally supposed to have that. And, um, and uh, it, it led from that into um, just experimenting with other drugs uh, to the point that by the time I was 19, my, my mom, uh, confronted me on it, had confronted me a couple of different times, but uh, confronted me and told me I needed to, to leave the house because I wasn't allowed to live in that house uh, doing drugs, um, which she, of course, has told me since was, a, was one of the hardest conversations she's ever had, uh, and I've assured her that she was right <laughs> Yep, <laughs> because she was. <laughs> yep, yep. That's hard, but otherwise it becomes an enabling thing, and so... There you go. That's right. So you started with alcohol, and how did you progress from there? Um, just uh, so I think the first the first was experimenting with uh, cocaine. Was experimenting, of course, with pot, one of the gateway drugs, um, and then um, it just became really for me. It was about just trying to find some way to escape. Um, I can look back on all of it now with a lot more clarity than I had then. Um, then uh, when I look back now, I know that I was searching for some kind of relief, uh, some type of escape, uh, from, from my life. I didn't like my life. I didn't like myself. Uh, and so any way I could find to, disconnect from those feelings um was was one big part of it for me uh the other really big part of it for me was trying to fit in uh trying to uh be accepted by the group that i was hanging out with uh so that that led to you know whatever was being offered uh i didn't want to be the 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 guy who who wasn't cool enough right uh, you know, to, to partake in what everybody else was doing. And <clears throat> with, with my particular <laughs> nature, I always wanted to prove that I could do it, whatever I was doing better than anybody else. I was going to say so, bigger and better, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. See, see how far I can take it. Um, um, to be honest, it, it, there, the, the years 
even now my memory of, of a lot of it is not like crystal clear to be able to tell you, well, I remember this, this first time that I started to do, this was the first drug. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it, it, it was just, it became, uh, it, it became a, every once in a while to an all the time, uh, had to have something. The first choice became cocaine, uh, the number one choice, uh, and the constant, and then everything else, uh, became an every once in a while, uh, well, I'd say, but. But there are certain periods where, you know, it became speed or crank, uh, smoking that. Right. Um, you know, became because you, you've got to get the harder rush and what you've been doing before doesn't do it anymore. You know, and it goes from crank to crack and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. <laughs> right. Right. So um, did you go to college? I went to a little bit of college, um, and then, um, and, 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 and then got, then basically went more interested in partying. So I started and then I left, uh, I had a group of guys that I ran with, uh, that, uh, uh, we not only, uh, took drugs, we started selling drugs, um, to help support the habit. And, uh, again, for me to try to be cool and fit in. And, um, that then became, uh, you know, a reenactment of what you, you, you've watched in movies, you know, right. uh, to where at our apartment, we've got a big, we had a big glass table for our, for our, our dining table. And we would, you know, put a big pile of cocaine on it just to be cool and then have acid and, and uh, uh, a number of other drugs, and acid was the number one thing that we sold. Wow! Um, and and that, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard the stories. I don't know how you you asked me when you want me to go further. No, no, no. It, I I definitely want to hear it all. But you said you're selling acid. So what period of time are we talking about when you're selling acid? Because we don't hear a lot of people talking about acid on the podcast. Uh, so what? What so era? this would have been uh, in the late '90s. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, we were we were selling and uh, and taking uh, acid in, in sheet form, where you break off uh, little pieces of it, and and they would uh, of course come um, with different mixtures, and then those mixtures, the tabs that you break off, uh, you know, like I know one of the popular ones we had for a while was called the Red Buddha. And it's because the paper was had that that stamp on it, uh, a, a red Buddha. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So you didn't finish college. I did not. No, I stopped. And and um, you know the 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 friends of mine that I ran there were, there were four of us that were kind of our little gang, our little crew. Um, you know, and it it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting thing. It's, um, I didn't expect to get emotional. Um, that's okay. I've been asked about this stuff before and, you know, I, I didn't have a bad childhood. Right. I didn't have, 
parents that were, you know, it wasn't a, um, I didn't have like this terrible life to escape from. Right. But somehow I still wanted some kind of escape and some kind of being popular and, and, and being cool. And, 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 and it was just sort of this innocent high school party start drinking, you know, and then it became get drunk all the time. And then it became try the drug and the next one. And, and then it became, okay, now I'm, now I'm so deep in, I'm going to sell it. And now I'm, I'm, I'm teaching other people how to do drugs. Um, and I'm making money in in, in an illegal fashion, (laughs) obviously. Right. Um, and then it becomes, okay, well now you're in this world. So you got to carry a gun and it becomes going into clubs with guns in your pockets. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I remember there was, there was one that sticks out is a night we went into a, a bar and uh, a club that we would frequent. And, uh, there was talk of, of rival areas where we're selling our cocaine and we're selling our, our acid and, and, um, uh, long story short, it's, it's a dangerous time. And so we've got, we're, we're packing and I've got, you know, so don't know what I'm doing. I've got a gun in one pocket and bullets in the other. The gun is loaded. Uh, and I'm dancing in the club and I go out and I realize all the bullets in one of my pockets is spilled out on the floor for me jumping around on the dance floor. Um, high and drunk, you know, I mean, it's just the most, (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. the thought of the bullets jumping out of your pocket is that there's some humor there. I realize it was not a humorous situation, but it sounds funny. I'm sure we laughed about it at the time. I'm sure. We laugh about all of it. You don't, you don't uh, think about the gravity of it until... Um, now, I, I had a series of being scared straight. <laughs> right. Um the the first one was uh, a, a crime that I committed uh, that the police were after me uh, about. Uh, I committed out with this troop, um, and um, it could have cost someone their life. Uh, thank God it didn't. Yep. And um, uh, I was I was incredibly fortunate. I was incredibly stupid. Uh, I could have ended up in prison for life. Uh, it was a matter of inches that I didn't. Wow. Um, and uh, that, and I ended up not, you know, fortunately not even being imprisoned for it, not even uh, the charges being eventually dropped with, because there wasn't enough evidence. But it, it scared me straight for a moment. And during that moment, you know, whatever, however many months it was or a year, um, the three guys that I was running with, one had gotten a scholarship to college, brilliant guy, uh, my best friend at the time. And um, he got caught in college with, um, I can't remember the number of sheets of acid, but it was enough to be a felony. Wow. Um, and he lost his scholarship uh, and was put in, put in jail. Um, then uh, one of the other guys got caught committing a felony and was put in prison um 
for I, I lost complete contact with them. You know, th- it wasn't for life, but it was it was enough to basically be uh, uh, the majority of your life. Right. And then uh, the last one was uh, 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 the last one uh, uh, died uh, uh, from 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 drug use and some activity that he was involved in while he was doing that. Wow. Um, during this time that I was scared straight. Um, but it, it didn't last. I went back to it again and, uh, went into other ways of degrading myself and, and breaking drugs. Right. Was that when you were a stripper? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, I, I, um, dur- during, during, I, I forgot that I had Giving you guys that information. Yeah, I have it here. I have a a little write up Steve gave me. It says that, yeah. Uh, Yes, it it, it led into that. Um, um, This was was an opportunity that came up from uh, the guys that I was getting drugs from at the time and um, uh, said it was easy money to get. So I went and started doing that. And, um, I did it for off and on for about four or five years. I ended up being the headliner of a group, uh, that toured. And then I did it in the club locally. Uh, and during that time, uh, there was not one time that I ever performed sober. Right. Uh, the entire time it was at least totally smashed on alcohol. (laughs) Right. Uh, and most of the times it was, that's where I started getting into uh, GHB what's the, um, what's that? And, and drugs of that nature. What's GHB? Uh, it was, uh, oh, I can't remember the technical term for it, but it was the, the date rate drug is what they called it. Oh. Um, you know which one I'm talking about? Well, yeah, I think they call it ketamine now. At least oh, that's that, one yeah, of them. Okay. 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 That's where I got I got heavily into that one and ecstasy and you know and still cocaine was a staple for me through throughout all this time. Okay. So, what what made you decide you needed to change? I mean, like that's why we kind of call this point of no return. What was your right. point of no return? Right. <laughs> when did you realize you had to ch- make a change? Well. <clears throat> It's, 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 um, it's difficult to, to go that personal. Okay. Um, I will, I will say that I had a number of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the thing that probably stuck the most, uh, was, was the, my my wife and I had already been through a divorce and remarried, and we had a son. Um, and that helped me for a while. And then back relapsed into the drug use and stripping again. Um, it was actually during, uh, while she was pregnant with our second child, uh, my, my oldest daughter, Megan, and... Um, There were 
there were things that I was getting into with the stripping um, that uh, I'm sure every drug, drug addict that I've talked to, uh, current or former drug addict, knows this these times that you end a night or a series of days, nights and days, looking at yourself in the mirror and asking, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. Um, and it, it was a, a combo of, of, of those things, of looking at myself um, in the mirror and asking, what the fuck is wrong with you? And, and looking at the family that I had and, and, and the levels to which I was degrading myself. Um, and honestly, I had started to search spiritually at the time as well, looking mm -hmm. for some sort of escape, some sort of handling for what I was dealing with. Um, and it all kind of culminated into this, um, this moment of, I cannot live this way anymore. I can't live with myself like this anymore. It was the combo of my, my uh, daughter about to be born, my looking at my son who you know, was almost five by then. And it, and a night of debauchery and degradation. And, and, and I was actually, by that point, I was a firefighter paramedic uh, okay. as well. <laughs> Probably okay. left that part out before. <laughs> um, I was a professional and I had to show up for work and, and show up for work and, and get an IV because I was so messed up from, from uh, drugs and alcohol and all the things I've been doing the night before. Right. Um, so it's the combo of all of those things hitting to where I just said, that's, that's it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I started to go down a spiritual path instead um, and still did not have full control over this and would still relapse at times. And, until until a later point when I found out about the, the the sauna that I think you guys talk about and sweating the things out that that's when it, I actually finally kicked it but that was a number of years later that I that I finally uh, found out about that solution right yeah one of the things that um, and in fact I spoke recently to um, a fellow who did the sauna detox program and you know, one for one, the people who do it say that it's kind of at that point that they realize that they don't crave the drugs anymore and they know That's right. with certainty that they will not relapse. They will not do the drugs again. And um yeah, it's 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 a very it's a very powerful it's a very powerful part of the Narconon program. I know that's not where you did it, but I know it's uh it, it's a game changer. It, it, it absolutely was the turning point for me because I think anyone who's dealt with this, you know, that this, you know, the emotion that I'm getting now, just talking about it, that when you relapse, it's the damage is the self-respect, right? 
it's that, you know, that, that was a thing of looking myself in the mirror and going, you know, this is not the man that I want to be. Right. This is not the husband I want to be, not the father I want to be. Even if I wasn't a husband or a father, this is not how I want to live my life. Right. Uh, but especially being a husband or a father, now about to be a father again, it doesn't matter what I have to push myself through. I have to get past this. And of course, I went through the sweats and the shakes and the everything that you go through to get through it. Um, and then I was, you know, searching spiritually. I was finding solace in other ways through meditation and different things that were helping me. But if I was at a party and there were certain drugs there, especially cocaine, uh, I would partake. And then I would have that just complete loss of self-respect. Uh, and it was in, um, I believe it was 2002 or three is when I did uh, the, the, the sauna program. And it was the most eye-opening experience. Now, it's, it's one thing to have these things no longer in your system. Right. Um, and, and then you don't have that craving. And, and that was certain. I haven't touched anything since then, not because I, I fight it. The, right. the fi- I don't have to fight it right <laughs> now. That's the beautiful thing. But the experience, I, there, there's two experiences that really stuck out for me, um, during this process of sweating these drugs and toxins out. Well, there's the overall, and then there's two, sp- two specifics. The overall is that I re-experienced every drug that I had ever put into my body coming back out. And that is just the most incredible, you realize why addiction is so hard to kick. Right. It's still in your body. It is still releasing at certain times. That's why at times it is harder, uh, you know, in certain, in certain times, certain areas, it is harder than it is at others because those drugs are kicking loose in the body and then you're craving them, and you don't understand what's happening. Right. But it's a, it, it, that is actually what's happening, and you know that with certainty when you do this program because you sweat them back out and you re-experience it. But it's a, it's a different thing because you re-experience the sensations of it, and you know that that's what's in the body, and you know specifically which drug it is. And then after you continue as, you know, as, as, as your monitor there, as the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole system they've got there, as as you as it comes out, you feel the last remnants of that drug leave your body, and it the amount of freedom and calm that returns at that moment is extraordinary. Just a reminder that you are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For further information on the podcast, you can go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or you can find us on our Facebook page by the same name, or you can call us at 727-314-7080, or you can email us to the addiction podcast at yahoo.com. For further information on Narcan on Suncoast, call 1 877 339 3324. That's 1 877 339 3324. 
Sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast and get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com, that's N-E-W-M-A-N-I-N-T-E-R-V-E-N-T-I-O-N-S.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. It is it is like salvation. I mean, it's just <laughs> on each one of the drugs and each one of them goes out, you know, so there's the overall. Now, I had two specific experiences, one of, you know, being there very, very late in the sauna because I was running out uh, speed uh, and shaking and the whole full experience and just the care and the help that I got to get through that uh, from both the, the person who was in charge over it and, the, and then the, the person that had twinned up with me for that day to help me, you know, we help each other in the sauna. Yep. Uh, the level of support and care I was overwhelmed by. But finally, I, I think it was, I mean, I think it was like two in the morning. Oh, I my God. Just, you know, it was, it was, it, it, it takes what it takes to get it out. Right? Yeah, because you don't want to stop in the middle of that. No, you can't. Like, no. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to go home and, and sleep and I'll come back tomorrow morning and do this again. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. No, and, and so, but when it was out, it was that the amount of calm mm. that returned to my body uh, with with that particular one blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it. I think every drug addict knows that that feeling that you get. It's this, it's this motor that you just can't turn off. Mm. Uh, and it's this, you know, just it's like a, a hamster on a wheel that just can't stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and this, when this, when the, when you sweat something, a drug of that of that magnitude, you know, I'm, I haven't done heroin. I've done just about everything else. I'm sure that the guys who've done heroin and sweated it out have a similar kind of thing, right? Yeah. Whichever these big heavy heavy ones, when you get that out you know it's out. Right. And the relief in the body is extraordinary. Um, and so the, the last one that, that really stood out for me was I, um, in my drug history, I only smoked crack cocaine one time. Um, I almost overdosed when I did it. I went into convulsions. Um, my buddies and I were scared, so nobody took me to the hospital, right? <laughs> of course not. Um <laughs> Luckily, I didn't die. Good, uh, and 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 came back around. Um, but uh, uh, I uh, uh, sweated that out, uh, and I knew the difference. I, I knew the difference between the cocaine and the speed that we, we called it crank at the time, yep. and and this crack. Um, and as I was going through the process of, sh- of sweating that out, and um, and again, tremendous support in there, uh, uh, the help surrounding me 
And then, of course, you're in the sauna, and then everyone sort of bring you out, and you, and you cool down in the shower, and then go back into the sauna and just repeat this until it's until it's out of your system. And right. I remember I was on my hands and knees uh, with the, with the shower with the water coming down, and I had a couple of people around me, and and the the person in charge was standing looking over as well, and um, I had this experience of sweating this out, but I was also weeping uncontrollably and shaking. And I was shocked by it because Mm -hmm. none of that went on when I did the drug. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was, but when I was sweating it out, I was so aware that at that moment of the emotions that do get tied into these drugs. Right. That it's, it's not just this chemical that's in your system. It affects you emotionally. It affects you mentally. It, it adjusts your behavior. It puts things uh, seemingly at the time out of your control, and I don't know that that's not a true statement that they aren't out of your control at the time. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it certainly seems like an experience, but, but, but when, in sweating it out, I was I was shocked at how much emotional release there was from that as well from one time from touching it one time right um, it, 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 those those are the experiences that really stood out for me in doing the uh, in doing the, the sauna program um, but that was the true turning point for me uh, I, I have I haven't touched anything since then um, I'm still in contact with my best friend. Um, He's been in and out of prison, back and forth. I tried to get him on one of these programs. I haven't been able to reach him there yet. Um, you know, my path changed through spiritual search and then doing this. And I see that he and I were on the exact same path. He has been in and out of prison, became part of the Aryan Brotherhood, has had a very lost his wife and his family. I've been able to salvage mine, now have three children. Uh, my son just got married. Oh, congratulations! Uh, year. thank you. Yes, um, and you're a successful and, uh, businessman, right? Yes, yes. Um, life has become an incredibly fun game for me. I I uh, can say now that I'm being the person that I always wanted to be. Um, I'm I'm my my kids. Uh, my wife and I have been very open and honest with our kids about uh, my past. And um, with that openness, they, they, have, they have asked lots of questions. And then none of them have felt the need to go down the path that I went down, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's really, it's amazing. It, it, it's really amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so how many years now from the time you stood in front of the mirror and said, you know, who am I or what am I doing? How, how many years yeah. are we now? Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I would say in the, it, it's, it's, it's about 22, 23 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. You know, and so well done you for even going down that journey. You know, you, your story is somewhat unique in that, you know, you didn't, 
you didn't go into treatment. You decided for yourself that this was something you had to stop doing. And so you basically mm -hmm. stopped. You know, every once in a while, we talk to someone who stopped on their own. I, I can't imagine what that's like. I mean, I know... Um, you know, basically from talking to people in the in the rehab business, what it's like to go through withdrawal. And I can't, I can't imagine you just doing that. And so mm -hmm. the fact that you were able to do that, I mean, you know, well done you. Well, thanks. <laughs> you, you're welcome. It's, but it's, I mean, really well done, because that's the hardest thing, I think, sometimes is take that first step, and you kind of did it on your own. It is, but I think it's, it's, um, I think for anyone who, who goes into rehab or does it on their own, I think it still boils down to the same decision. And that decision is, is the life that you want worth pushing through what you have to push through to get it. Exactly. Now, doing it with help, that's fantastic. Yep. Uh, doing it with this technology of, of this, this sweat program and the vitamins and the, and the niacin, all of that, you know, could I have maintained it? Could I have, have reached this to where we can have this conversation and it's this many years later and I'm not slipped back down? I honestly can't say that I know for certain because I wasn't holding it 100% together without that then. I was making progress. I was making strides. I know that I could not have made those strides without finding spiritual solace. Right. Um, there's, there's no way that that would have happened. Uh, I couldn't have done it without the support of my family either. Right. My wife has been extraordinary uh, throughout this entire, well, this entire lifetime since I've known her, which is more of this life than, 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 uh, than less of it at right. this point. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, well done to her as well for sticking by you. Lee. Yes, for sure. When, when we kind of wrap up these interviews, I just always like to ask, you know, if you had one message that you wanted to just make sure that people get from your story, um, what would it be? Um, well, I would put it like this. Um, now in my life, I have, uh, four different companies. Um, I have, uh, I get to employ and help a lot of people to build the lives that they want to build. Um, I have an incredible family. Um, and one of the most fun things that I get to do is I travel around to churches. Uh, I went international last year. Um, and I get to deliver seminars to people and help them on how to uh, see life as a game technically and play it as such and, and take seriousness off their activities. Hmm. And through the journey of doing this, um, it reminds me of, um, I, I spent about uh, 20 years in entertainment business, which um, I had to go on hiatus because my businesses have become so, so, so big, uh, growing so big. 
uh, and I'm having so much fun with those, I had to take a break. Uh, we'll be going back. But I bring that up to, to, to say this. There was a there was a moment in an acting class um, when I was at a, a school, the Beverly Hills Playhouse. Uh, it's a famous school in L.A. And um, I was working on television shows out there at the time and studying at the, at the, at the school. And there was a... Um, a really great teacher, uh, Richard Lawson. And, and Richard had me do a monologue one night about my past. And he said, the point is, people are going to say what they're going to say about you and think what they're going to think about you, and it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what do you think about you. Mm. And in terms of your past, you have to look at that and then ask yourself the question, is that you or is it just something that happened? Mm-hmm. Now, I then went through this process of performing this monologue. I actually did my strip routine and, and told my <laughs> name. Uh, I did it sober for the first time ever. <laughs> okay, is it videoed? I want to see this routinely. I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe that's irreverent, but I was thinking that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Like, it's the first time ever sober. And then I had a can, a coffee can, and I had written on this coffee can all of Austin's secrets. During that time, I went by the name Austin uh-huh. as a stage name, but I told everyone it wasn't a stage name. I told them that it was my real name. So I had an altered identity. Uh, that I could go do all of these degrading activities, uh, you know, and, and sort of hide from. And so I had this, uh, this, this coffee can that I had wrapped uh, and written Austin's secrets on it. And I had the, the, these, these cards, these index cards in there, and all the index cards, um, I had written different things that I never wanted anyone to know about right and so i i did the routine and then um including getting tipped by the crowd and all this stuff <laughs> and then i started to take out of the coffee can these different index cards and i would read them and 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 say this is what happened and this is what i did and and you know and just get it out there there were uh, moments where I, I would pull one out and I would go, no, I can't do that one yet. And I'd <laughs> stick it back in the can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, worked my <laughs> but I worked my way up through uh, every index card that was there. And I, and, I, and I got out every secret that I was so afraid uh, to share. And it was the most relieving exercise um and at the end of it i then turned around and i said now richard said that i'm supposed to do that and then make a decision about whether or not that's just something i did or it's part of who i am part of me and i was i made the decision right then and i was actually surprised by the decision but it ties into everything that i get to do now in my life but my decision was no i don't let go of that that is part of my journey Right. And because I've been through that journey, I'm less judgmental of others 
Right. I understand that life can be a very hard thing. Yep. And that we all fall down sometimes. And some of us can't seem to figure out how to pick our face up out of the mud for an extended period of time. Yep. But it doesn't matter. In the end, all that matters is at some point, get up. Yep. And every time you fall, just keep getting back up. And anything is possible if you can do that. And if you do that, you end up with a story that you can help so many other people. We tallied it up uh, for some new revisions for my website. And um, I've helped over 10,000 people now. Wow. And that, it's, it's the most fulfilling thing to do. You know, even in that moment it, it, when I did that monologue, the response from the crowd that even that was there, you know, the, the Richard just was all teared up and, 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 and just kind of waved his, he said, I, I don't, I can't talk uh, and turn to comments from the audience. And there were, there were plenty of, of guys and gals that stood up and said, you don't know what you did for me here. I, because we all harbor these little secrets. Yeah. Of I'm impressed. We, we think I wasn't right there, and I'm impressed, okay? I mean, I wish I'd been there. I'm, I'm blown away. Well, anyone who's gone through this journey knows without me having to say what they were, what they are. Right. Right? Right. And, and, and the point is, that you can turn it in to a beautiful story. You just have to look at yourself in the mirror and ask not only what the hell is wrong with me, what the hell is going on, but you also have to ask, what do I want to be? Right. Who do I want to help? Right. Um, and that then becomes the driving thing to make it to the sweat program. I, Man, if I had known about the sweat program and I had started right there, it would have been so much easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, um, Haley, what is your website URL in case people want to learn more about you? Oh, sure. LeeBurnsGames.com. And is it just L-E-E-B-U-R-N-S? Yes, ma'am. Okay. LeeBurnsGames.com. It's, uh, we're going through some revisions uh, so we'll have a totally fresh one within the next three to four weeks, but there's still a lot of information and some links there. Uh, I've got a team. Uh, uh, we, we, we definitely like to help people. Awesome. Uh, so if somebody wants to reach out through that, uh, you know, um, we'll, we'll see if we can give them a hand. Perfect. LeeBurnsGames.com. Lee, thank yes, you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's I think it's super powerful, and I know that it's going to make a difference to people. Well, uh, as, as with what you guys do, uh, if we can give somebody else hope and insight uh, to turn around from where they're at or to keep them from making these choices in the first place, um, <laughs> uh, I want to throw out one last plug, and that would be to uh, the, the Truth About Drugs. Oh, okay. That campaign. Uh, I, 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 I volunteered for that, for that organization now and, and helped pass out, uh, uh, their, their materials. And, uh, what I will say about that information is, and I, and, and I, and I do so when I'm passing this out is if I had been approached in that way at that time, 
I think it w- could have changed my path. I was, of course, told, just say no. I was also raised in a very strict Christian upbringing and was told these are sins and that God doesn't approve and all of these things, and none of them stopped me. Right. The way that truth about drugs presents it is different than anything else that I've seen. They just give you the truth and the facts and let you decide for yourself. Um, And then you get to see and hear from lots of people who've had my experience talking about their experiences of it, and they're all the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. You know, so... um, Anyone who's who, who if you're going to make that decision to put drugs in your body, it's your choice, but you should do it informed. That's right. So the truth about drugs uh, dot org. Uh, I think drug it's free world drug free world dot org. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Sorry. Yeah. Drug free world dot org. Um, their their information is spot on. It it is it is the truth. And then you can evaluate for yourself if you want to make that decision. That's right. It's spot on information and it's free. Drugfreeworld.org. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lee. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. I love what you guys do. Keep it up. Absolutely. You know, I don't know if you could tell or not, but there were definite times in this interview where Lee became very emotional while looking back at his drug use and his moments of epiphany or his point of no return, if you will. And I was I was quite moved myself because he's definitely not just detached from the life he had before. Um, And I don't mean that to say that, you know, he hasn't moved forward, because obviously he has, he's a very successful entrepreneur. But, you know, it was very, it was a very heartfelt interview. And I hope that, once again, his story resonates with somebody who's listening. I know that today's episode is a little bit long, but I wanted to give a shout out to a gentleman who reached out to us from the UK. His name is Danny, and he's addicted to cocaine. Danny has three kids, and he's doing everything he can to cut back on his cocaine use and to manage his addiction. And I wanted to just give a shout out to him because he's really making an effort to deal with his addiction. And I definitely applaud him for that because I know that it's not easy. So Danny, I wish you well. I wish you a sober and happy life. And I'd love to hear from you again as it goes. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and please give us a five-star review. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcononsuncoast.org. Narconon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard. 